So Ebenezer, let's just warm up the social media. And can I just check how how is the weather with you today? Let's do do the good old standard British question. How is the weather? Well, it's 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 the opposite of what you can see in my background photo. So it's <laughs> it's it, you know it's it's quite cloudy, misty um, uh, where I am today. So yeah. Excellent. So we're just everyone. We're just waiting for all the social media to kick in and for everyone on on Zoom to come on in as you are doing. Um, the the backdrop uh, that Ebenezer is running today is in Ghana uh, in this in, of a pineapple plantation, uh, West Africa, Ghana. Um, what what's what's that, uh, Ebenezer? Eight hours, nine hours on a on a plane from from Heathrow. I wonder what yeah. the temperature today in uh, in in Ghana is compared to the Highlands. Did you see in the Highlands that was uh, nearly nineteen degrees on Sunday? I, yeah, I wonder, that was a shocker. I, I wonder that if Ghana was... is hot, hotter or colder. It, well, definitely hotter, but I mean, you know, getting 19 degrees at this time of year in the Highlands, yeah, I, you know, I think if if that doesn't explain where we are uh, in terms of the climate emergency, I don't know what does. Um, so, yeah. Well, what, what a great segue. Hello, everyone. We are going to start this uh, broadcast professionally now. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. We have um, Ebenezer from the University of Northampton. Um, Ebenezer, I did have my notes all, all printed out, but I think it's actually going to come uh, across better from yourself. Can you explain the purpose of this of this broadcast and what we're looking to achieve from it today? Ebenezer, over to you, please. Yes, thanks, Max. And hello, everyone. Welcome to this broadcast. My name is Dr. Ebenezer Lai. I'm an Associate Professor for Sustainable Development Law at the University of Northampton. And also I'm the lead uh, for the TANS uh, project. So the purpose of this webinar is uh, to create a platform for the sharing of best practices and to facilitate peer-to-peer -peer learning amongst businesses, um, particularly in relation to uh, best practices when it comes to net zero. Of course, net zero uh, is a, it, it's a complex journey. It's, 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 it's of course very, um, uh, uh, you know, and, and highly extremely rewarding for a business to be on that journey. It says a lot about how serious that business takes its long-term sustainability not just of its operations, but also um, how much that business values um, uh, and, 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 and is concerned about its impact on, on the environment, uh, both ecologically and socially. Um, so that makes it a very complex journey uh, and, and it's full of issues um, and uh, challenges, et cetera, et cetera. So we wanted to just create this platform where businesses could come together and uh, share best practices um, and uh, to learn really from each other uh, and I'm, I'm glad to see that we've got fantastic uh, set of panelists uh, this afternoon who will be sharing their experience and um, taking questions and providing insights etc and Ebenezer the last broadcast that we did it got uh, some I have, to, I have to check but it got somewhere in the region of six and a half thousand um, dedicated views so there's obviously um, attraction people want to um, learn about this but let me just be challenging to you what's the point if, if the whole of the UK was eradicated, um, got to, got to, uh, taken away by, by aliens, um, that only equates to 5% of the, the CO2 production in the UK. And if we hone in on the, the Northampton area, what, what, if, what difference is it going to make um, us trying to make a positive change in this area? What's, Ebenezer, what's the point? Yeah, I think uh, the, the point is um, that uh, we are, well, a number of things. Number one, we're able to show uh, you know, as a, a local area, as as a like a county within West North Hans, um, uh, you know that we are are, are serious about uh, addressing uh, climate change, and that we're serious about 
uh, ensuring um, uh, the long-term sustainability of our operations. I think for businesses, um, it's crucial because uh, the fact of the matter is that if we do not take these steps that we're taking, um, uh, and, and doing the things that we're doing on the TANS project to support businesses to reduce their carbon emissions and make the journey towards uh, attaining net zero, uh, there will be some businesses that come 30, 40, 50 years down the line um, uh, will no longer be operational because their business models will be unsustainable. So I think it's, yeah. it's, it, you know, it, it's really a question of do we want to continue to do tomorrow the things that we do today? And I think the answer to that is yes. And if the answer is yes, then we've got to be intentional, um, you know. And I think the, the final thing I'll mention, Max, before I pass over on to you is, you know, that I think, um, you know, for me personally, for us in this uh, area of West North Hans and in North Hans generally, you know, I think we've got to have the ambition to become the most sustainable county, the most sustainable area in the UK. Um, and I think that is important because it will drive others um, uh, to follow our lead uh, to, to ensure a more sustainable future, not just for our businesses, but also uh, for ourselves and our, our, our children and grandchildren uh, uh, for years to come. Ebenezer Wood, I completely concur. Um, and we're already seeing in other sectors that we work in, uh, the likes of retailers, uh, when they're asking companies to tender, they're asking for uh, documentation, they're asking for proof of the sustainability journey, the, the net zero journey that those companies are going on. So I'd, I'd even be a bit more aggressive than yourself that uh, if, if companies aren't looking to adopt uh, the, these changes in the uh, Northampton area, um, they, they, they're going to have a problem. So, so start the journey now. And that's why I'm guessing a lot of you are dialed in today um, to hear from Ebenezer and also a number of experts that we've got in so that we can all learn. So Ebenezer, on that basis, should we bring in our experts and find out um, about them, their businesses, uh, their, their um, uh, organisations that they're affiliated to so we can learn from them? Ebenezer, shall we bring them in? Yes, of course. Let's do that, Max. Everyone, could you turn your videos on, please? And I think what we'll do, um, Sean, we, we had a, a great ca catch up in the, in the green room before we went live. Could you just explain who you are and your business, please? Sean, yeah, over to you. Sure. Yes, sure. So I'm Sean Warren. I'm head of sustainability projects at uh, Graph UK uh, in Banbury. Um, so our business really has three major uh, priorities. So firstly, preventing flooding um, in an increasingly um, extreme weather conditions um, through stormwater management. Um, our second um, priority is uh, preventing sewage being discharged uh, into water courses. Um, uh, and then our third uh, our major objective is that we're looking to put um, precious resources of rainwater um, to good use um, through rainwater harvesting. And we're looking wow. to do that with, um, you know, increasingly using, uh, uh, targeting our 100% recycled materials in the process. Excellent. Sure, sure I'm just smiling because I, I can think of so many businesses that will be or should be and need to have a, have a conversation uh, with, with yourself. And if it's okay to, to mention, we were talking about it in the green room. Uh, there was the brilliant, brilliant um, summit that Ebenezer and his colleagues organised um, at the University of Northampton la last year. Um, could you declare, uh, Sean, who the headline sponsor is for the summit this year, please? Yes. Yeah, so Graph UK um, has committed to being the headline sponsor um, for the summit in 2024. We're, we're very pleased to be part of that um, um, process and, and we're looking forward to it. And as you say, I mean, um, we think that we're in a position um, where we can help 
um, other companies and other organizations on their um, uh, journey towards net zero. And that's one of the reasons why we, we think it's important for us to be uh, part of this summit. Excellent. Sean, thank you. Ebenezer, that's what I, I, I so much enjoy about these uh, type of broadcasts, because we can have this collaboration that we didn't know that actually if we lean on the likes of Sean, um, he might have a solution for our business in the respect of, um, Sean, let's just call it um, wastewater management uh, per, uh, per se. Guy, over to you. Who are you and who are you representing from your tidy desk, please? <laughs> Hi, yeah, I'm Guy Schoenschiff. I'm founder of um, Bambino Mio. Um, we're based in Brixworth, Northamptonshire, and we're the market leader for reusable nappies, washable nappies. Founded the company sort of over 25 years ago when um, when certainly reusable nappies weren't really on the agenda for people. It was all about disposables. But um, the consumer demand has, has gone up massively for reusable products in our area. We're working to help reduce the 90 billion disposable nappies that are thrown away every every year in the in the world and that's 3.6 billion in the uh oh, in, wow. in the uk and i think just specifically on the um on 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 the net zero point because obviously we're about waste but i think resource use in general is a figure that i often quote is is responsible for 50 percent of carbon emissions um yeah. so the reuse sector is is a is a really interesting angle on this yeah well, well done and um and you were you're an excellent speaker at the summit um, last year. I think it awoke so many people to the fact that there are so many common items that they need. They need a guide. They need a solution for. I'm, I'm being stalked on Facebook at the moment by um, a company that is uh, looking to create a solution to electric toothbrushes. Electric toothbrushes never die. Um, and, and the landfills are just full of them. So there's so many examples that uh, it, it might be a business opportunity for the business area that, that you're in, that you can uh, create a solution like, like Guy has done. So I would um, encourage you to look at Guy's business um, to see what he and his colleagues are achieving. Um, and, and Guy, if it's okay to learn from you and your journey, because there, there's commercial opportunities. Ebenezer, that's one thing we didn't talk about, how, how there's the potential to create a very good business from, from this uh, perhaps uh, alarming situation to, to, to the benefits of, uh, benefit of all. Nicola, over to you, please. Yeah, good afternoon. I'm Nicola. I work at Sartre over in Kettering. So we are a testing research consultancy organization, um, one of the research associations that was founded um, a number of years ago. We support the footwear, PPE, furniture and flooring industries with testing, research, etc. Um, so my role is sustainability manager. So sort of two aspects of that. One is measuring and working to reduce on and understand our own emissions, but also working with all of our members and customers to try and help them sort of work their way through understanding where they can reduce their impacts, trying to keep up to date with the constantly changing um, legislative landscape, particularly regarding um, consumer goods and we're also looking at things like uh, compostability testing compostability certification so it's sort of becoming fairly commonplace now for sort of people try and have like compostable coffee cups etc but there are actually companies out there developing compostable leathers and compostable shoes so that's also wow. an area that we're working in Nicola, we all need a Nicola in our life, I think, um, the, in the respect of you're, you're such a, an, an expert that none of us have all the answers. Um, it would be it'd be great if there was, um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to commoditize you on, on this, but if there were um, duplications of you in other sectors, and I guess there are, but for the sectors that you, you represent, 
uh, that must be so beneficial uh, to mm -hmm. them to be able to come you, to you and your organisation to to lean on you to get the answers to give them that steer. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's obviously like, you know, your big companies out there, the Nikes of this world have got research departments that yeah. are, you know, way bigger than anything that we could ever dream of um, and are looking at all sorts of things. But there's a lot of smaller companies, uh, medium companies who, who don't have that resource. So they come to us for expertise. We don't have all of that expertise ourselves. So we try and sort of, again, you know, as, as Ebenezer's doing, we try to bring people together um, to share that knowledge. So we also run sustainability theme webinars, most of them Brilliant. footwear specific. So we had one recently on footwear recycling. So I don't know if there is anyone from the local area um, on here, sort of from from the footwear background. So that's that's worth checking out as well. So footwear is typically difficult to recycle. It's very difficult to disassemble lots of different materials and components. Um, but there is a company in the Netherlands now um, that are actually really far advanced on that. It's very exciting. It's not perfect, but it's a million times better than anything that we've had before. So that's that's a very exciting development for the footwear industry. And, and just on, on, on that side, within your um, sectors, the, the one, one of the biggest, um, fastest growing uh, new jobs in all sectors is sustainability, sustainability managers. But as you mentioned, smaller companies um, might be afraid of employing such an individual so they can lean on yourself and your organisation and your colleagues to sort of fill that gap, to get the steer, to attend the webinars, to get, to get that advice as to where they should be going, where they should be directed. Would that be correct? Yeah, so we put out re uh, regular publications, articles, uh, webinars, uh, and yeah, for our members, we're here sort of um, to, to provide advice and sort of get get them on the get them on the right journey excellent well well done thank thank you nicola so we've gone from uh waste management uh to uh the specific assistance on the uh, for the lights like, of the footwear industry let's go to uh fresh produce simon who are you who are you representing please hi there max um yeah i'm simon derrick i'm head of sustainability at a company called blue skies uh, based in northamptonshire um and we make prepared fruit so ready to eat fresh cuts uh, fruits, pineapple, mango, pomegranate, passion fruit, uh, coconut, did I mention coconut, um, melon, um, all, all, all different kinds of fruits which we make at Saw. So we are headquartered in Northamptonshire, but we've got facilities um, in Ghana, Egypt, South Africa, Brazil, Benin, uh, Senegal and Ivory Coast. And the philosophy is to make the finished product in the countries where the fruit grows. Uh, providing opportunities for employment, technology, transfer, skills development. Um, and we supply uh, retailers all over Europe. Um, in the UK, we supply the likes of Waitrose, Sainsbury's and Aldi, for instance. And in, in, in mainland Europe, we supply uh, Albert Hein uh, and Carrefour in France. So, um, yeah, that's the business. We've been 25 years, 25 years young, um, celebrated our anniversary very recently. Um, and um, uh, yeah, uh, obviously sort of keen to um, you know, progress our journey towards net zero. Well, well done. And uh, if, if you've heard me talk about Blue Skies before, I'm completely biased uh, towards them uh, because of my, my 20 odd year history with them. Um, Anthony Pyle, the, uh, the, the founder of, as he stated to me once, um, they sort of set up Blue Skies as a social enterprise before social enterprises were a thing. And, and the, the uh, main business in Accra uh, in Ghana, in West Africa, help me, Simon, you probably said, uh, employs four, four and a half thousand people. But this amazing ecosystem of about, we reckon about 25, 30,000 people that uh, that are associated, that, that benefit from, from that factory. And when you, uh, if you've got the, 
um, the, the pleasure, as I've done a couple of times, to go and visit, visit that facility in, in Ghana. You've never seen such a clean, tidy uh, business. And, and they talk, they live this mantra about sustainability. So again, on, on this call today, if you if you dive around on the uh, on the websites, don't be, um, sorry, it's not meant to be aggressive. Don't be parochial just looking at um, your local area. Look, look globally at the lights of um, Blue Skies because they've also got the, uh, got the answer as well. Martin, over to you, please. Who are you representing? Yeah, hi, I'm Martin Wilson, and I represent West Northamptonshire Council. I'm the sustainability manager there, and as part of my job um, is to spread the message of net zero across West Northamptonshire. And, and Martin, when did you start your journey on sustainability, and, and especially within uh, uh, West Northamptonshire Council? When, when was that, that awakening? When, when was that awakening moment for, for yourself and your colleagues and, and for you to impart to, to everyone within, within your catchment area, please? Uh, just over just just over two years ago is when the council decided to change from a, some of, from a purely sort of climate a climate change focus to sustainability, uh, and that's when we formed the team. We have a small team, a team of four, uh, and we we work within the council to to encourage sustainable practice in the council and across West Northamptonshire. Excellent. And I'm 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 guessing that when you started on day one, the phones and the emails might have been a bit quiet. What's it like today within your department? <laughs> not enough time to do all the things that we would like to do and not enough time to do all the things we've been asked to do to be honest um so yeah it's just grown and grown since we started okay but that but that's great that people within um the, your your catchment area that's the right right phrase can can lean on you for, for, for this advice Jolie, let's let's bring bring you in what what's how, how how does it work with yourself because you're, you're obviously employed within west north Hampshire council as well um tell us what you do within the sustainability team please Hello, yeah, I'm Jolie, I'm the Sustainability Officer um, working within Martin's team. So um, specifically for this project, I'm managing the project from um, our side. So we got the funding from Shared Prosperity Fund um, and, and obviously appointed the University of Northampton to deliver the TANS project. So ah, working closely with, Mar uh, with Ebenezer and Martin to, um, yeah, to manage that project. Excellent, well done. And Jolie, there's a in another sector I work in, being uh, horticulture, um, we always look at, um, at Holland because Holland have this, um, they call it the Dutch diamond. And some people will be so bored of me here uh, talking about this, that they've got this virtual um, circle between government, industry and education. And in, in effect, Julie, that, that's what you've created. You've got yourself, government, you've got education with the likes of Ebenezer and his colleagues. And then you've got all the all the businesses that, that you're working with. So, so have you have you created that diamond uh, for West West Northamptonshire? Oh, I don't think personally, but yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what we're hoping to achieve through the TANS project. So building on the work that Ebenezer and the team did with the summit last year um, and looking to bring together those those key industry sectors. Yeah. OK. And just give Jenny, just give us a steer. What sort of businesses would um, would you like to attract to come to you looking for advice? Because in, in the past, when I've approached the likes of the, the DTI, Department of Trade and Industry, um, I've always been deemed too small as a business that you need to be two million pound turnover. Um, and it's always got that that frustration. So I, I presume that you will look at smaller businesses like everyone from a plumber all the way to um, very large businesses, say, say the, 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 the likes of Sean. Jolie, would you look at all business sizes to assist? Yeah, yeah definitely. So the TAM project is aimed at um, SMEs, but that can be from, you know, a couple of people to a, a larger size SME. Um, but the, the main point being that, you know, if you are under-resourced and, and, and net zero is falling to just sort of one person, that you can get the support that you need through this TANS project to help you on that journey. 
Excellent. And just on specifics, is there a particular website that we should be looking out for, or if we just uh, dial up sustainability assistance with North, West Northamptonshire Council, what will it uh, take us direct to a link on Google? Uh, yes, yeah, we do have a um, sustainable West Northants page on the council website. Excellent. Can, can I ask a big favour? If you could stick it in the Q&A, that, that would be brilliant. Yeah. And everyone dialed in, uh, whether they dialed in on Zoom or any of the social media platforms, uh, please don't be um, afraid to ask a question. We've got all of these uh, fantastic experts here in different walks of life. Uh, so please uh, feel free to ask any questions so that we can get an, an understanding from them. So let, let's start this ball ro rolling. Um, team, what do you think are the most common misconceptions businesses have about transitioning to net zero and how can they be addressed? Let's ask a man in the trenches. Guy, get off your phone. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, you, you've been through you've been through this scenario. Um, so, so just give us a steer. What, what, what were the what were the mistakes? What were the misconceptions that that you created about transitioning, creating this uh, this uh, this journey from um, from where you are, from where you were to net zero, and, and how did you address them? Give, give, give us give us your give us your 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 musings, please. I mean, I think. The, the, I mean, we're slightly different in our business in that it's our product that is sort of contributing to net zero. Reusables are better from a from a carbon point of view than um, than disposables, even when you're looking at washing and drying. Um, but I think we certainly wanted to um, look at all areas of the business. I think I think it is it's such a huge subject, and it can be um, yeah. it can be overwhelming when you first look at it. I think it's about looking at what where you can have biggest impact and accepting that you're not immediately going to be, you, you can't try and be perfect in everything. So where, where, what changes can you make that, um, that make the biggest impact? I think that's one of the things. And I said, well done. the second thing is, is, is having a starting point, understanding the basics in terms of, in terms of where you are having that impact. And so you have something to work from. And I suppose the third thing is making sure that, um, that you're bringing everybody along with you within the organization and all your stakeholders we're lucky in that yeah i mean we were a purpose-driven business before that became a buzzword when we set up 25 years ago to 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 divert to get more parents to use reusable nappies and so it's always been the culture of the business but actually making sure that you've got everybody on that journey i think is probably is probably a, a third area that that needs to be that needs to be addressed from the outset because you have if you haven't got anybody, everybody working together on it it's not going to work well done. Simon, 25 years uh, young, your business, did you set off on a sustainability basis, a net zero basis from the get-go? Or is this something that you all had awakening um, about uh, a, a few years back? How, how, did it, how, how does it work within Blue Skies, please? Well, I mean, when Anthony set up the business 25 years ago, um, we were talking about doing things you know, in the right way, in you know, taking responsibility uh, effectively. So a lot of the sort of principles that we might talk about um in terms of sustainability now we didn't then but we just recognized that you know looking after people um you know ensuring that we are responsible uh farmers that we look after the environment in the way that we grow our fruit was the right thing to do um so it's 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 embedded within the ethos of the business we call it the joint effort enterprise Lovely. Um, it's part of our culture, um, if you like, kind of what we call sort of the, the efforts, you know, how we, um, you know, enable people to you know, reach their potential and how we ultimately deliver the best quality product. So it really is something which uh, we try to embed within the, 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 the foundations 
of the business. But, you know, fast forward to where we are now. And of course, a lot of people are talking about some of these principles, well, a lot of these principles um, in terms of you know, sustainability or ESG um, or corporate social responsibility or, 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 or one of the other uh, acronyms that are out there. Um, but of course, for us, and I think this should be for, for, for everyone, uh, it's about doing the right thing. It's about first and foremost, taking responsibility. And I think that will help uh, ensure that you know we, we can navigate uh, the journey towards net zero um, uh, better. Because you know if it's just because you're required to do it, whether it be you know, legal requirements or you know, your customers are suddenly asking you to do it, then it's not going to work as effectively as if it's actually you know, it, at the heart of your business. It's within your DNA, like Bambino Mio, where it's, it's, it's part of your purpose. Um, it, it ensures that you're actually doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, well, well done. And just a, a, a segue question. Uh, Catherine, thank you. Uh, Catherine just put in the Q&A. Uh, the, the micro solutions could be much easy, easier to implement, but when it comes to larger transitions like conversion of HGV fleets to, high, to electric or hydrogen, does the panel know of any initiative funding available for businesses? Martin, Jolie, help us with, with, the, with that one, because there's a very similar question, Martin, if you remember the, um, the last broadcast that we did, that funding, funding, it, is the funding available? Martin? I'm not aware of any funding specific to HGVs uh, to transition to cleaner fuel, unfortunately. No, but, okay, but um, on, on the funding side, what funding, Lena and you, Martin, as, as our, as our resident, resident expert, and Jolie, is it funding for smaller things? Obviously not expecting for a quarter of a million pounds worth of, uh, of lorry to be, to be funded. That, that's just not nonsensical. But, but is there funding out there for smaller businesses to assist them, Martin? Uh, yeah, there potentially is. We're, the council's just going through a procurement exercise for a larger pot of money through the UK Shares Prosperity Fund. And part of that will be used for match funded grants. So they expect to use up to 300k to provide match funded grants to local businesses to implement um, sustainable measures within their business to reduce energy consumption, uh, whatever they come forward with, with a good idea. Okay. And, and Jolie, do, do you... Is this something that businesses should be looking to do is to approach the likes of yourself to see if there is funding or and should they be looking to create the solutions themselves internally by learning from from broadcast today? Jolie, what do you think? Yeah, no, funding is always sort of a key barrier, isn't it, for any of these innovative um, solutions, really? So, um, yeah, we're happy to kind of try and support uh, and look for, uh, for sources of funding, which we have to do a lot ourselves anyway within our team. Um, and then just yeah, leaning on leaning on peers um, really, and, and looking what's out there within their sector. Yeah, Jolie, because it's also a difficult one, isn't it? That I've also been taught to business that if you're going to make an investment um, in in something, whether it be a piece of kit or, or marketing, you want to see a times three or times four reward on it. Um, mm. And I suppose it's 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 say you're putting solar panels up on 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 your roof, uh, you might be able to equate that. But a lot of this, Jolie, what do you think is quite quite. Um, and not non non tangible. Uh, you're taking a bit a bit of a punt, and also the, uh, the 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 science and the the evolution of this all is is so rapidly changing. Jolie, would you agree? Yeah, um, I think as well. It's it's about the sort of invest to save, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're investing upfront on technology that's going to reduce your your consumption of your um, you know say your gas or your your electricity longer term, then you know you, you're going to reap those benefits further down the line. Excellent, and um, uh, a, a very very. Uh, uh, I was going to say, old oh, Paul, a very lovely and long-standing uh, contact of of mine. Ooh, 
Sorry, they were just going to get. I'm getting confused with, with my with my own Zoom boxes here. I do apologise. Uh, Paul Fieldhouse, good to hear sustainable sustainability waste and recycling examples. What are the panels or panel organisations actively doing to reuse as part of the the net zero plans? Um, I'm, I'm a huge uh, listener of Times Radio, and over the weekend they had a chap from London who's uh, set up the first non-waste restaurant so they don't waste any food whatsoever and he gave some horrific examples of especially about high-end restaurants where upwards of 70 percent of the fresh food that they buy in um is is, is wasted and he gave examples of a uh, of a carrot just a square of a carrot being used for a um a, a fancy very expensive meal and the rest being um being, being dumped and it's obviously something that we've got to to look to change but has there any of the panel got any examples of um how they are looking to reuse as part of the the, the net zero zero plans sean you must be seeing this surely over to you sean yeah so um yeah um can you hear me okay yes we can far away sir. right okay yeah i mean uh, as I mentioned, sort of in in, in um, the introduction to the company, I mean, I, I think one of the focuses here at Graph is um, a lot of the, a lot of our products rely on um, plastic um, storage tanks, and what we're looking to do is make sure that we reuse uh, or, or all of our plastics are, are recycled, so come from a recycled source. So we're taking essentially. Um, old plastic bottles and um, old plastic packaging and then turning that into um, uh, storage tanks for, for wastewater, uh, rainwater um, and stormwater. Um, so that's kind of a, a, a big um, part of that. I mean, if I can touch on some of the other things that have, Please, have yeah. come back up in, in this conversation, I mean, there was a conversation around um, uh, funding. You know, we're, we're in, in our journey, um, you know, uh, similar to, to, to Guy, I mean, our, our, our products are, are, could be um, used by other companies as part of their net zero journey. Um, but as an organization, um, so we, we've already had, we've always had a focus on, on, on um, sustainability, but we, we've formalized that in the last couple of years where we've actually started to measure our own carbon footprint. And um, we did that for the first time in in 2022 um and then we're we're obviously looking to to continue that on a yearly basis where we will measure our carbon footprint um but you know the big question that come out comes has come out of that is now that we know where our major contributions um for um uh, uh carbon emissions are coming from it's it's well where where do we now invest um in terms of having maximum impact um, in, in terms of uh, our, our return on investment, not just from an economic perspective, but from a carbon perspective. Um, and we're currently working with the university. We've got a couple of projects kicking off, uh, hopefully within the next sort of month or so, um, where we're looking at, at doing a lot of that um, uh, research into looking at, well, do we put solar panels out? Do we start buying electric yeah. vehicles? Um, you know, looking at different schemes uh, within that project, one of the things that we will be looking for are, are there pools of funding out there um, that we can uh, apply for um, that will uh, help us on that journey. Um, so I guess that's kind of the sort of things that we've started doing at this point. Excellent. Th th thank you, because I've, I've, I've learned a, a lot from that, just just from from you pre presenting that. And um, uh, Paul, Paul Fieldhouse, thank you very much. It's uh, and 
I hope it's okay to do so. Uh, Paul represents um, a great business called Ramco uh, UK, um, who are, are, are very active in this whole area of of, of, of reusing. Um, everyone, we, we got a question, and this <laughs> this is a contact contact of mine from from Don Priest called Henry, who's, uh, who's who's dialed in, and it's we talked about this the, the the last time we had this broadcast. Measurements. How do we measure this, Nicola? How how do we measure this to 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 make sure that we're making a, a difference, a, sustain, a sustainable and a significant difference, especially if we're being asked to tender, as I gave examples of um, the likes of uh, retailers. How, Nicola, how do we measure this, please? Yeah, and I think in terms of Sartre, I mean, we're quite um, new to this journey as well. And I think why a lot of people don't start is it seems really scary. You start talking to consultants, they start talking about scary numbers to help you to calculate those numbers. Um, and actually, I think if you, you know, for an organization just starting off on this, it's actually relatively straightforward to calculate scope one and scope two emissions. You don't really need consultants to help you do that. You can do it with data that's available from DEFRA um, and things like energy bills and things like that that you've already got. Um, what got us started was we, this is before towns, before Slipper, because I know Ebenezer is working on developing something. We found an online carbon calculator. I mean, again, have a look around because some of them are ridiculously expensive, but we found one that was was a much lower cost. And that kind of gets you on that journey because it kind of tells you what to do. Okay, how much energy did you use? How much gas did you use? What was your water consumption? How much of each type of waste, et cetera? So that can really get you going to start understanding that. And also, anyone who's on the call, um, sort of aware, once you get into scope three, which is what's the emissions of kind of, everything else basically all of the things that you you purchase all of the goods and the services i mean that's when it starts to get a lot more complicated but certainly you know we'd say to any organization there's no reason why you can't start to measure your own scope one and scope two which is the emissions associated with the energy that you purchase emissions of your company vehicles etc um, and start to understand what their impact is what's helped us in normalcy as well and again look around because you'll get wildly um, varying quotes for this. We've got a big site. We've got lots of different testing laboratories. Um, all we got at the end of every month was a bill telling us how much energy we'd used. And we were using something like 1.7 million kilowatt hours of electricity wow. a month. And we had no idea where it was going. We've put in an energy monitoring system that looks at the first layer of um, of energy consumption. That's been really valuable that if we, we try and do something different, we can see instantly, okay, that's had an impact or that hasn't had an impact. So Without spending any money on solar panels or doing anything fancy at all, we've taken our energy consumption oh, yeah. down in the first year by 4% and last year by 10%. So 2022 to 2023, uh, we reduced our electricity consumption and saved about 33 tonnes of carbon in the process. And that's just oh. by doing all of the obvious stuff that everyone keeps talking about, like, you know, looking at how long's the heating on for, how long's the cooling on for, you know, really drawing into people to switch things off and doing that took 10% off our carbon and also obviously at the moment 10% off our uh, energy bill when energy is uh, not the cheapest thing in the world. Nicola, well, well done. I always think of a, a classic example, this is going back to the years, but this will re resonate with everyone with what Nicola has just said, that there was a, a particular stadium, and I won't mention them, in the eastern counties, um, and it, who remembers ISDN um, before we had uh, uh, far, fast uh, broadband? Um, and this particular stadium had to have multiple ISDN lines to get the, the, the streaming of the particular sport 
um, out. Uh, what they didn't know was that they um, had overcapacity of the ISDN lines by four times, and they were spending the thick end of quarter of a million pounds that they didn't need to um, on these ISDN lines because no one could trace them. And they, they actually had uh, someone who came in um, on a, on a part-time basis who counted, physically counted the wires in the box and realized there was a problem, and they terminated it and made a, a quarter of a million pound um, saving. So, so Nicola, as you say, go around, look at everything, and and find out what. So, Nicola, quite excited by this. That, that actually, rather than uh, looking at solar panels and electric cars, the the answer to get some really quick wins is going to be internally, isn't it? That we've all got complex business physically. Have a good look round to see what um, what you've got in, what's coming in, um, and uh, that information. Uh, try and scrutinise it further to get a bit better understanding. Um, Jolie, is this this some, is this something that you find a lot of companies uh, do with you? They just come to you thinking there's going to be a quick bit solution, like solar panels, um, uh, electric cars, other things are available. And actually, should we be looking in in our businesses to see what 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 fixes that that, that we can make? What do you think, please? Yeah, and it's, I agree with Nicola. It's definitely about understanding your energy demand in the first place um, and looking at where you can make those uh, uh, initial reductions without really kind of having to do all that much. Um, so yeah. Boom. Guy, come on, you, you, must, you must have found this data. Uh, how have you always um, looked to track uh, your data within your business, please? We do an impact report. I and mean, one thing that we've done that we started on the journey of probably about three years ago is B Corp. Um, uh, those well who don't know about B Corp, it's it's an internationally recognised um, mark. Uh, it doesn't just cover sustainability; it covers governance, it covers people, and it's it's generally good good practice. Um, and one thing that did it for us was create a framework that we could judge ourselves against. We knew we were quite good on sustainability, but actually, rather than sort of reinvent the wheel, it was a framework that we could judge ourselves against. One part of B Corp is an impact report. Um, within the sustainability so 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 that sort of meant that we had to do it as I say we embarked on B Corp because uh, we wanted a framework to judge ourselves against not necessarily going for the accreditation but we ended up going for the accreditation and and getting it about 12 months ago um, because it sort of forced us to get to get things done and look at everything and again it's back to the point I made earlier we're not perfect on everything the great thing about B Corp is you have to you have to get to a certain standard and then it's all about constant improvement. So it gives you a starting point. It means you measure yourself against that framework, but then you can continually improve. Yeah, well, well done. Measure yourself against against that uh, that framework. But would you say that B Corp um, is, is, is a must for all businesses or is it only specific businesses that it could be beneficial to? Like your business model, it, it, it attracts the B Corp um mantra and, and, and community because of, of all the good work that you do so so perhaps b corp is suitable for all businesses or not what do you think i think i think i don't think there's any reason why i mean if if, if businesses aspire to be good businesses i think b corp provides you that opportunity to do it i think if you're not bought into it if you if you if you really haven't got that idea if it's just if it's just about bottom line for you and nothing else one of the first things you do with with b corp is actually um, build into your articles the fact that all decisions are made for stakeholders where you look at purpose before profit and the impact yes. that you're having on the environment. And that's a really yeah. important part. And actually, if you don't care about that, then, then it's never going to be appropriate. But what you're finding is more and more businesses, whether it be yeah companies like ours, you'd think, yeah, probably the B Corp is made for people like us. But actually, 
there's banks, there's consultancies, and, and consumers and people who work with businesses, whether it's B2B or B2C, are demanding it more and more because it's an independent standard. Yeah, okay. And a question in for you, from you, Guy. Uh, what sustainability practices have you found to be most effective in accelerating your journey towards net zero? I mean, uh, is it me? Yep. Did you ask me? Um, I mean, I think our journey for net zero, as I say, it goes back to the point I made I made at the beginning that, that actually it's looking about where you have greatest impact. And for us, it's our product that having greatest impact. So actually, um, we know that every every new parent that we convert to reusable nappies, you're reducing their impact of um, of, of the nappies on 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 carbon output. And actually, that is not just the product itself. But it's educating the customers about making sure that um, they're doing that in the most energy efficient way. Clearly, if somebody's using um, renewable energy, um, that is the biggest impact for for our product. So actually, with a, if, you've got, if you've got a customer who's on renewable energy, it's about 90 percent better from a carbon point of view. So um, that's where we have biggest impact. It doesn't mean that we don't have and we have solar panels on the on the buildings. We do electric charging. Um, we don't do air shipping um of our product it's 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 shipped by sea so we are doing other things and i think the other impact that we have being a manufacturer with third-party manufacturers around the world is working with those manufacturers mm -hmm. to make sure their practices yeah. are improving as well and it's not just about what we do here because the impact that we have in our offices in breakswood is minimal compared to what we can do with the supply chain yep that's a really important um point that you make driving societal change are you finding that your suppliers um are, are happy to go on this journey as as you are or are you finding resistance and actually having to um to to lose some suppliers because they, they are they are not following your your, your views your, your perhaps your mantra it may be that we selected that because of the way that we've selected suppliers and worked with them over the years but no, we're not we're not getting resistance to it, and and we work with them to ensure that that is improving all the time. So th the suppliers we work with tend to be tend to be tied up with that, and and tend to to be along the journey with us. But that may be partly because of the way that we've selected them in the first place. Yeah, understood. Um, uh, Sean, what what about yourself? With, with you going through this uh, this net zero sustainability journey, are you finding that the people that you're associated with, your, your suppliers, your customers, are, are they looking to uh, uh, adopt your your mantra? Or are you finding resistance? Um, we're a little bit different in some respects, in, the, in from from a supplier perspective, in that uh, ninety percent, ninety five percent of our product actually comes from our head office in Germany um, and um, you know th that's obviously where the recycling of, of the plastic we've, we've got our own factory there which takes in um, um, uh, used plastics and, and converts them into in, into product and we, we just bring it in from Germany um, you know yes in terms of our customer base um, we are finding increasingly that our customers are asking us about um, what our, um, our, our strategy is in terms of moving towards a more sustainable future. Um, and indeed, you know, um, one of the reasons why we wanted to um, formalize our journey uh, was to to obviously be compliant with the requests that were coming from customers. So although we'd already we'd, we'd actually been doing this for some time, 
it, it was requests from customers that were actually um, uh, meant that we actually began to formalize the process. And so, as I say, two years ago, we started, uh, we made a commitment to, to measure our carbon footprint. We went out and got third party certification. We didn't go down the B Corp route at this stage. Um, we went to a company called Planet Mark um, and uh, we got the Planet Mark um, certification. Um, and that, that primarily was to make sure that um, all of our internal processes for measuring our carbon footprint were sound. So, you know, we didn't want to be in a situation where we were kind of marking our own homework and saying, well, yes, okay, we've we've reduced our carbon footprint by X percent or whatever it happens yep. to be. At least we've, we've now got a third party who kind of take all of our data, uh, help us with the calculation of our carbon footprint. And then as we move forward, um, you know, we've got that, 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 check there from that third party to say yes we're we're we're, we're heading in the right direction yeah. I, I guess is kind of where we're going Brilliant. um and, and, and sean a bit, a bit of a voyeuristic question um here uh, from, from a, an anonymous uh, person uh, could sean give an understanding as to whether he thinks germany is advanced of us in respect of net zero transition um and their sustainability um or are we advancing them so, so what's uh, your thought with it must be fascinating with your with the german headquarters tell us yeah, well, I, I mean, certainly, I, I think, um, you know, in, in, in my experiences, I mean, I know that that Germany many, many, many years ago, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, uh, started started um, uh, bringing in legislation around the use of uh, recycled packaging um, and all of these sort of things. So I think it was uh, back in the early noughties, I think, where where, you know, if you were buying a washing machine from a German manufacturer, in Germany, the the manufacturer had to come and collect the um, the, the the packaging for it, and were responsible yeah. for disposal. Um, um, so I, I think, in, in some respects, yes, but I think in other respects, um, you know, I, th I think that with you know with the recent focuses, um, you know, more and more um, on net zero, uh, and you know, I mean, obviously the um, you know the evidence that we're seeing in you know for climate change and all of these sort of things i think there's a lot more um focus now uh here in the uk sean thank you I, I, in october i covered a conference in uh, in america in california and one of the interviews i did was with a major greenhouse grower out there and off camera he said max you're, we're so far so far behind yourself and um uh, Western Europe in respect to sustainability. We need to learn so much uh, from, from, from yourself. Martin, what do you think? Um, do you think that we are in advance? We've still got a long way to go, but we, we should be quite proud of, of how far we've got, but we've just got to keep going. Martin? Uh, in terms of West North France or the UK or both? Both, both. Yeah, I'm um, fascinated because it's, because because I I don't know many I I don't know many Martins and Jolies with, within within the council structure I'm sure they are but you guys have been so proactive in, in what what you're doing so so are we in advance are you are you and this is not time to be modest are, are you in advance in, in the rest of the the UK do we need to lean on you more because you are experts uh, well the, the council's making making progress but I wouldn't say we're we're more advanced so I think in some respects we're trying to catch up with other councils that have been doing this for longer. But I think in general, the UK is is, is setting, a, setting a good example um, for the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. Okay. Jolie, your, your views? Yeah, I, I concur, really. Yeah, I think that there are um, 
there are equivalents of us in uh, in lots of other camps in other councils some have bigger teams some have just one person so we are fortunate in that sense that we've got a bit of resource but yeah i think um yeah we 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 we're doing our best but um yeah there's more we can be doing definitely uh, Jolie, thank you. And everyone, we're coming up to the um, the, the witchy now. So if you've got um, any questions for our, for our panel, now's the time to put put them um, in as we, uh, as we as we come to the end, end of the broadcast. It'd be really interesting to, um, to to hear from everyone as to what what advice would you give to businesses that are just beginning their journey towards net zero, um, especially in terms of setting realistic goals and timelines. We sort of covered this, but it'd be really good to get from um, a, a sort of a concise answer from. All of all of the panels. So just to re reiterate, what advice can we give to businesses that are just beginning this journey towards net zero, especially in terms of setting realistic goals and timelines? Simon, let, let's start with you because you, you, you're, although you're Northamptonshire based, you've got this eclectic mix of um, of businesses um, globally, and it, I suppose it's not dissimilar to there'll be businesses in in the um, in, in your local area that are, are, are quite fragmented. Um, and, and so you've gone through this this learning summit of different businesses, different different cultures, different countries. How how have you assimilated all of this within within Blue Skies to, to try and keep on track, to try and create success, please? Yeah, thanks, Max. I think yeah, the first step for us was you know understanding what our baseline uh, was. So you know actually measuring uh, our carbon emissions. So we developed a, a, a calculator a few years ago to be able to to measure it across our whole supply chain um so in all of our all of our factories um on all the all, all of our different operations um so to try and uh, um to, to, to yeah as i said to understand against all of the different scopes um particularly looking at sort of scope one and two our energy and refrigeration uh, and fuels that we consume, um, but also looking at our scope three, our, our, our indirect uh, emissions as, as well. There's a lot, a lot of work to do that. So as we've sort of just talked about on the call, I mean, I think starting with scope one and two is the obvious place to start here. And, and maybe just looking at those scope three emissions where you have the most uh, influence over. So for us, it's things like waste um, it's things like the materials that we're using, so packaging materials and the raw materials that go into our final products, the water that we're consuming and, and, and any third party transport, plus business travel as well. Uh, you know, we could, you know, and we did actually go further than that, looking more downstream emissions in terms of uh, distribution to the final consumer. Um, but you, I wouldn't recommend going uh, to that extent uh, as a first step. In terms of setting targets, um, what we found very useful was using the um, science-based targets initiative uh, target setting tool. Um, so you can basically just put in your base, what, what, what you calculate to be your baseline for scope one and two, plus your scope three, if you've got that as well. And it'll tell you where you need to get to in order to be in line with uh, the various sort of tra trajectories that we're, we're told we need to uh, work towards uh, in order to limit warming uh, uh, to, to that 1.5 degree uh, uh, limit. Um, and you can look at various different scenarios to see how you, how you, how you can get there. Um, so we, we found that very useful because it actually meant we, we weren't setting arbitrary targets. We weren't sort of saying, you know, plucking a figure out of thin air in terms of what we would like to get to. We're actually setting it against, you know, a science-based uh, 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 goal. Um, so we know where we need to get to um, over the next uh, 30 years, but also the near term target. So what we need to get to by 2030. So yeah, that 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 was our journey. So, you know, 
calculate your baseline emissions and, and the SBTI uh, target setting tool is very useful. Excellent. And Nadine's coming with a really interesting um, question. Nicola, can I pass this one over to you? Should SMEs be signing up to the SPTs as part of their sustainability strategies? Nicola? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Simon's just made a very good case for SBTIs. It's not something we've done. We've looked at it. Um, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. And I think if you, I'm, I'm guessing if you sort of go, depending on how far you go down the SBTI route, I'm assuming there's tools that are free of charge. And then if you want to get them ratified, I'm assuming um, that's when you start to sort of incur costs. Um, we haven't set any targets as yet. We've, we've sort of got a baseline for the last couple of years. Um, the platform we've been working with sort of has an approach where we are sort of going through workshops with them to identify things that we realistically could do or things that we could do at a stretch. And that's whether it's feasible from a sort of practical point of view with what we need to do as a business or whether it's, you know, likely to be financially viable. So again, as Simon says, don't just set an arbitrary target like our business is on a target to be net zero by 2030 or 2050. So we're trying to understand, okay, we might be where we want to get to, but there might be something that's actually like a realistic target to set um, because it may not be that we can sort of, you know, cover the entire roof in solar panels. It's a very big roof, by the way. Um, in the next two years, that might be like five years out from now. So if we do that five years out from now, kind of where does that take us with the targets? I think, yeah, I mean, looking at anything around SBTI is useful, I guess. I suppose it depends on kind of what resource you've got. And I think there's, there's other sort of various SME resources out there. Um, I think SBTI is sort of seen as the gold standard in terms of um, setting your targets. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's having something that, that's realistic that you can achieve and not just going out there with a statement to say, look at us, we're on track to be net zero when, when you may not actually be. Well done, Nicola. So, so enjoying having, having you on and having, having you all on. Um, uh, Martin, Jody, uh, what's, your, what's your view? Uh, what advice can we give to businesses that are just beginning their journey towards net zero, especially in terms of setting realistic goals and timelines? Jody, you go first. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring in something that we, uh, Martin and I learned on a course that we went on around the four steps about a credible net zero claim. Um, so it's around pledging um, your, your target, planning, um, and then proceeding and publishing. And so keeping your um, progress up to date and being transparent on progress. So it's the four P's of a credible net zero claim. Excellent. Martin, anything to add to that? Uh, no, but I would go back to something Nicholas said early on, and I think this is probably in a, quite an old saying, but probably quite relevant. What gets measured gets managed. And once yeah. they've measured their electricity and realised what was going on yeah. there, in the baseline work they were doing for, for emissions, they said, well, why do we use so much electricity? What yeah. can we do to reduce it, save money and save on emissions? So I think that's that's a really good way to look at it is if we measure it, we'll manage it, and then you'll start to make a difference. Excellent. Martin, th thank you. Um, Sean, just, just, we're going to, going to start to wrap up now. What, what's, Sean, what's your message to everyone that's, that's dialed in as to how, how we can create success along this journey of net zero? Sean. Well, I mean, I think as everybody else has already said, I mean, it's really just a case of getting started, right? Yeah, well uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's not really any excuse um, not not to get started on some of these things. Um, as others have mentioned, you know, I mean, it can seem a little bit overwhelming when you first start, particularly when people start talking about your scope three emissions and all of these sort of things, that can look a little bit overwhelming. Um, but I think, um, you know, for us, it was, you know, we focused on scope one and scope two. 
uh, initially. We, we in, our, in our first year, we did try and measure some of our scope three, but only those where we, we really had, had the data that we could actually use. You can always add complexity to your scope three measurements later on, but if you, in, until you get started, uh, you, you're just not going to know where you are. And then, you know, it, it's, it's then a case of really sitting down, looking at what you've measured, and then working out where uh, it makes sense to focus your resources to have the biggest impact. Um, you know, so for us as a business, you know, electricity um, and, and the electricity that we used was a big area. Our biggest area was, was diesel fuel for the fleet of vehicles that we have. Uh, doing deliveries, and then our third area that 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 was quite big, which was quite surprising for us, was when you actually start looking at commuting of staff and staff coming in and uh, into work and and the method that they use. And so, uh, again, you know, we're we're starting some projects with with the university, as I mentioned, where we want to start looking now at you know where, where do we focus um, to get the 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 you know the the, the biggest impact. Other areas. You know that we looked at. I mean, paper usage in our business was one percent of our overall um, wow. uh, carbon footprint. So, even if we halved up, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't try and half our paper usage, but even if we did half it, it's not going to have a significant impact on our carbon footprint. Yeah, we've got some really interesting things, um, team. If you the, the likes of George. Uh, George, I don't think we can we can answer your question directly, but George has just stated question on funding support available. We're now raising three million for our net zero farm and fuel plan to match our Innovate UK project. Innovate UK, brilliant. My question is, what support is available to match with suitable investors? I'm no expert, but when it comes to investment raising, um, it is a big time time sink. Um, uh, Guy, question for you: Have you enjoyed this, this aspect of your business, or have you found it a hindrance to you? No, it's been great because it's a way of. Ah, well it's a can you hear me? It's been, it's yeah. been, um, it's been, a, it's, you can judge yourself against it, but also you're growing and developing and, and having an impact. Just quickly, Max, you talked about support and I touched on B Corp earlier on. There is a fantastic group. All of us that are B Corps in Northamptonshire are part of a group of, of Northampton, which we term ourselves Northampton B Corps. Um, and there's everything from just to show the range gin manufacturers with Warners through to a funeral directors in, in Kettering, right? And there's various, sectors as well as various sizes people with b corp we've got a company with about two people up to alpro the um the milk people um who are obviously a multinational company there is an event on the 12th of march for anybody interested in b corps um, to meet other b corps even if they're not going to go through with it it's being hosted at the university um to talk to any of these companies in northamptonshire that already have b corp to talk about what it's all about and how it can help because one thing that we've heard is that the Net zero journey, the B Corp journey, whichever way you're approaching it can be quite overwhelming to start with. Yeah. So this there's, there's an event on the 12th of March at the university to, so people can meet other people who've been through it and how it might help their business maybe get on this journey. Yeah, well, well done. And, and Guy, I'm so I didn't expect anything else, but I'm so so pleased that you you've en you enjoy this aspect of your business. Oh, yeah. Um, because I, I think if people enjoy the let's call it the the positive problem solving, and they can create create good for for for, for the business and the environment on on the back of that, so we we all win. Ebenezer, what have you learned today? Ebenezer, what have you learned from our from our from our job jobbing experts that perhaps you didn't know before? Ebenezer, I think it's um uh, it's been a fantastic uh, webinar, and I think a lot of uh, uh, 
uh, the things that have been said, or all the things that have been said, are very relevant. I think what struck me was um, the extent to which everything that has been said, uh, you know, can be delivered uh, under the TANS umbrella, and how you know TANS, uh, the TANS project, uh, you know, can support businesses, you know, to uh, achieve uh, and, and to progress in all of the ways that has uh, been described by you know by our panelists. Um, and, and so we're obviously on the project looking forward to our next uh, upcoming uh, webinars, the next set of activities in the TANS project. We've got two very exciting webinars um, coming up within this first quarter of the year. So the, 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 the next one coming up is on the 14th of, um, of February, which is Valentine's Day. And uh, we're going to show our love for, for the planet uh, by doing a, a waste management webinar. Um, uh, and, and, and we're going to talk about um, how waste minimization can really accelerate the journey towards net zero. Um, so it's not just about managing the waste, but how do we look at reducing waste um, and minimizing the amount of waste that we're, we're generating? How does that link to a reduction in carbon emissions? And then on, on in March, in late March, I think it's the 26th of March, we're, we're having a huge webinar um, to demonstrate the operability of the carbon calculator that we're developing as part of this project, uh, uh, working with the likes of Simon who's on the call uh, uh, today. Uh, we're going to do a, a demonstration webinar to show everyone how the calculator works and there'll be information on how you can get it, how you can sort of download it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, looking, looking forward to it. And I'd like to thank everyone for, for joining in and I'd like to thank our panel as well for uh, making themselves, themselves available um, for this. Ebenezer, so well done. You, you 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 went a bit darky on us, but I think we got the majority um, of that. If if you didn't, do you know that uh, Ebenezer and his colleagues at the university are so um, prolific, positively prolific, and Adam forming us, keeping us up to date on all those events. So watch your inbox for the for the next uh, events that, uh, that that are coming up. And everyone, just just to wrap up, um, have have you enjoyed this aspect of your of your role, net zero sustainability? And are you positive about where this is taking you individually and also the business that you're associated with? Simon, you go first. Yes, apologies, Max. I was just uh, I was just putting in the chat. I've got to jump on another call at the moment. But, uh, uh, but yeah, very quickly. Yeah, no, re re really, um, for, for, for me personally and for for Blue Skies, you know, we really enjoy being part of this journey. I think you know, because it's 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 at the heart of what we you know what what, what we're set, setting out to do. It's about you know what impact that we want to have on the world. Uh, so it, it it's it's core to you know why why we believe we exist. Um, but this whole journey around net zero, I think, sort of focuses on sort of specific um, things that we can be doing. Um, it helps us to. You understand. We talked about you know if you can measure it, you can manage it, uh, and I think you know by doing that, it's 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 for us really helped us to understand you know where the exciting innovation and long term big opportunities might be. But as we also discussed on this call, where excuse the pun, the low hanging fruit is, um, because there's simple things that we can do and the simple things that we have done, which have ha had a great impact, and we didn't realise that we could do that. Uh, uh, before we'd actually gone uh, gone to the effort of, of of measuring it, so it's been you know, hugely rewarding, very satisfying, and, and and great to see the impacts already having. Simon, well done. Go to your next call, uh, Nicola. Um, I, I, have you enjoyed this this aspect, and are you looking forward to the success that it's going to create for you and uh, and your organisation, please? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think sometimes it can seem sort of depressing when you sort of see all of the news with the climate change stories. But I think from a personal perspective, um, I've learned a huge amount in the last couple of years since I've been here. It's been really interesting. I think Sartre has made some great progress from. Um, and I think also it's great to see that the footwear industries um, sort of, you know, it's going to take some time to trickle down to all footwear, but there's definitely some progress being made. We've got the first claim on a net zero shoe. We've got compostable wow. shoes. We've got wow. footwear recycling that's that's really gaining some traction. So I think there's there's some positive news out there. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Thank, thank you. Martin, your views? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think, I think most people um, join local government because they'd like to make a difference in the local area. Um, and I hope that's what we do with the work we do with the TANS project and, and other events we attend. I think, yeah, it's enjoyable and I hope we're making a difference. And, and you are, sir. Uh, Sean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really enjoy being involved in in um, this this area of the business. Um, and I think we're, as a, as, a, as a company, we're looking forward to working with Ebenezer and his colleagues um, at the university in the in the next um, phases of, of our journey in, in terms of um, reducing our carbon footprint. Well done. And we, we look forward to you being the lead sponsor um, at, the, at the summit later this year. Jolie? Um, yeah, I definitely enjoy it. It's, um, you know, sustainability is something personally that I'm very interested in. And I think it's, it gives you a lot of fulfillment to see that you're making a difference. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, well done. And Guy, wrap up for us. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's a bit obviously for Bambi and Emir, it's the centre of what we do in terms of in terms of our contribution to to um, the planet. And I think I always believe that, um, you know, you can put all the governments, all the all the um, NGOs, all the charities in a room trying to deal with these problems. But at the end of the day, it's only business that's going to sort it out because businesses are the ones that are going to provide the solution. Boom. Well done, everyone. We've, we've far run out of time. Great broadcast. You'll be able to see the recording. Uh, look out for the further communications from Ebenezer at the team and the team from the uh, university. Thank you for being on this broadcast today. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Everyone. Bye. Thank you, bye. everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.